0: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
1: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: wesson walker on a monday sports radio 92 7 wfnz we appreciate you joining us for the next three hours and you can join us yourself via the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 we were all indulging on college basketball this weekend fitty came into the fishbowl saying it was the best first weekend of the tournament that he's ever seen before he was saying it was the best of all time and you have to be feeling great if you are here in the queen city even with carolina basketball basketball in the carolinas not extending their season by any stretch we all love what we got in the first round of the tourney we are all loving what's happening with the Panthers this offseason. It leads West to say that this is the best Panthers offseason of all time. I think we're just going through some all-time feelings right now with everything we're experiencing here watching sports. We are all indulging very much so on what we got within the first weekend. So it's been a lot of fun. We got a lot to get to today talking about all of it maybe we can go off the bus right now is that okay Fiddy? are you ready to get us off the bus you still it seems like you're doing some dynamic things over there i was going to call for it but it seems like you were a little preoccupied with something else you were doing
2: like actual bus drivers
0: i can multitask oh that's perfect why don't you open up the doors man let's get off the bus right now
1: we look good getting off the bus i got something to say damn Kick
0: it! I can feel it quickly, Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer, they are speaking to media right now. We will replay you some of those comments a little later on in the show and we will talk about some of their comments, what they say to media, as the show goes on. But first, we have to discuss the NCAA tournament. It was a fantastic weekend. Top three moments for you, just off of the dome. Don't even have to go top three. Just what are the things that come to mind, whether it be FDU's upset win over Purdue, seeing Virginia when we were live on site at Carolina the alehouse virginia after an awful turnover they lose to Furman. what are some of the best memories you have from this weekend
1: well, uh for sure Purdue losing anytime you get to see history the second uh of anything go down it was just shocking it's just utterly shocked because it's such a mismatch when you looked at it they talked about how the ken palm uh deal as far as uh, i think i what was this, so was that? so that here's was, the thing I'd working uh, against
0: fdu they are the shortest team in college basketball. Yeah, by average height, going up against seven-four Zach Eady. Yeah, is one still of a the tallest games. Yeah. Well, and even just the efficiency, if you want to reference Ken Palm, FDU was like. In the, in the 300s, when it came to all efficiency, and it was pretty ridiculous to see that. So, I would agree that was one of the big stories.
1: Yeah, obviously. so I had to go with that for sure. I was trying to think, I think I, I felt like I snapshot of that thing. Yes, they were number one. Purdue was number one in effective height on Kempom. Uh, FDU was 363 out of 363. So, they said it's literal yeah. David versus Goliath uh, with those two teams. So, that one for sure. Penny Hardaway throwing the water bottle uh, post game. That was, that was pretty. Pretty funny. Uh, that's something I would probably do if I was a head coach and I got annoyed. I'd probably chuck a bottle across Oh, the I work with two
0: people that would be throwing the hell out of that yeah, water bottle. Yeah, I'd probably bottle, chuck, just like chuck a away. bottle
1: as well. City, you um,
0: know you would be throwing the... Don't give me that face. You would throw the water bottle, you would go pick it up, and then you'd go throw it
1: again.
2: I think I'm just more mad that you don't think you... Like, all three of us would throw the water bottle in that
1: situation. Why are you just singling out me and Wes? Oh, because you guys are probably... I think Walker be, would probably be more classy. I, I don't know that I would throw it, because I, I would be scared of a lawsuit, but I would definitely slam mm-hmm. it on the ground and let the water go everywhere.
0: I think I'd probably break a clipboard. I think you might be right <laughs> for calling me out. I don't know if I'd throw a water bottle, but I'd break a yeah, clipboard Yeah, And then
1: I I guess I'd probably have to say uh, Duke losing because I thought they were really poised to go on a run and I didn't expect Tennessee to be the team uh, once per due loss. I was like, man, this is Duke's uh, bracket for
0: the take. So please text us, 704-570-9610. What were your favorite memories? What were your favorite moments of the NCAA tournament through the first weekend? We had a 704 number right in. One is Duke losing. Two, was Duke not winning? And then his third <laughs> favorite thing was Duke not moving on. I do have a question. If Fitty is writing in through his burner account on the text line because I have to imagine you were happy to see Tennessee get the job done.
2: I mean, look, you just hate to see it when the bracket really opened up for Duke to make the final four <laughs> and everyone's saying that John Shire was having a better first season than Hubert Davis. Jeremy Roach came back to make amends for failing last year on the biggest stage and they don't make the final four, and they lose to a team without its point guard to a coach who was known to failing short of the entire tournament. <laughs> you just really mm-hmm. hate to see it. All the success that the, that the New Jersey schools are having. And Duke's, they're back at home watching the rest of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you're really tore up about it. It seems like you are with Duke losing. We can get to some more of that in the campus corner, and then later on in the show, we'll go back to some of the things as to why Duke lost to Tennessee, and the state of the ACC, Miami, is the only team still alive within the conference it does extend the streak that the acc has of getting at least one program to the sweet 16 but it is only the hurricanes that are still alive and wes i know you and i were talking about it a little bit in the fishbowl man the canes it is really hard to stop them offensively now defensively they'll have some problems it's not anything we did not know coming in but watching what miami can do with isaiah wong acc player of the year Coming up big time against Indiana, which had kind of hung their hat on defense, watching Trace Jackson Davis all year long have a great season, and Miami separates themselves as that game goes on. What do you think about the lone ACC team still in the tournament and their chances to maybe make a Final Four run?
1: Man, I'm glad that we still have somebody left, and as I've been saying all season long, though, Miami, Youngstown State, and Xavier are all the only B1 teams with four players averaging 13 points per game. They have multiple bucket getters, and Norchad Chad O'Meara down in that post, uh, when you talk about a guy that's just, he may be undersized, but he's bouncy, and his motor never stops running. Uh, when the Kings play like they played last night, this team is going to be difficult to beat, but they're going up against a, a juggernaut in Houston, and I think that that will probably end their season. But if Miami comes out to play, They're hard to deal with for anybody because they have so many guys, whether you talk about Jordan Miller, Nigel Pack, uh, you know, O'Mear, and Isaiah Wong, who's really come out to me, in my opinion, through the ACC tournament and through this NCAA tournament and shown why he was the ACC player of the year. Uh, He was really dominant last night. And uh, if he can lead them in that manner, maybe not necessarily. I think he finished with 27 or 29, one of the two. But if he can come out and, and be a 20-plus point-a-night guy, man, look out. Biddy is happy that North Carolina
0: – not North Carolina, excuse me. He's not happy about North Carolina and what they're doing right now. He is happy about Duke losing to Tennessee. I'm sure he and other Carolina fans are happy about NC State. I was and about to say, loss. he got a
1: double up this That's weekend.
0: right. Creighton, the sixth seed, beats NC State, the 11 seed, 72-63. to 63. And, Wes, if you would have told me – that Terquavion Smith went off for 32 points in that game against Creighton. On decent shooting, not exceptional, but still pretty decent shooting, 27 field goal attempts. For Terquavion Smith, 18 for Jarkel Joyner. It was Jarkel who struggled more in this game, and D.J. Burns, one of five from the field. 19 minutes for D.J. Burns, picking up four fouls, and Brenner just destroyed them, 31 points for him. Man, what did you make of that game and NC State losing in the first round?
1: You cannot, you know, come out with a rap song calling yourself a uh, beast boy (laughs) and then come out and have the type of performance – that he had when you're talking about two points one or five from the field four boards you had as many personal fouls uh, as you had rebounds but this team we talked about them having a big three all season long, and, you know, they did not come to perform for them. Then you had some infighting on the sideline with Jarkel Joyner, uh, and was it, wasn't it was it Traquavion Smith that they was, got into it? Um, yes, Traquavion and Jarkel were going at it on the sideline. Yes, I've that going on, but when you look at DJ Burns, he just didn't finish the season strong. Uh, When you talk about his last four games, he scores 13 points, 3 points, 12 points, and 2 points. Uh, So he kind of tailed off near the end of the season or at the end of the season. And that, I think, hurt them a whole lot because when State was really on a roll and really hard to deal with, you had DJ Burns uh, putting up numbers from a scoring perspective, giving them that inside presence. So uh, I thought NC State had a chance. They battled back at times, but it just wasn't to be. Yeah, Kevin Keats, I know you talked about
0: possibly letting him go from this Wolfpack program or at least he's going to have a lot of pressure and there's a few of those types of conversations we've had with a bunch of different coaches by the way like if we want to expand this just even beyond the acc we had this convo about tony bennett when he dropped the game against Furman, and kihei clark made one of the worst turnovers we've ever seen their tournament resume right now in the last few years have been 16 seed upset against UMBC, win the championship the following year, and then two exits in the round of 64 but they have the championship at least. Now with Kevin Keats, they finally get to the tournament but they don't go past the first round. We can't even go to Matt Painter where Purdue constantly struggles. It doesn't matter who is the head coach of Arizona. I heard Colin saying as much as things can change in the NCAA tournament, some things will stay the same and that's what's happening with some of these schools we have high expectations for that do not deliver and actually get bounced early. Who are some of the coaches, maybe some of the programs that you thought took the worst L just as far as reputation and given the stakes on the line?
1: Ooh, um, yeah, I mean, you have to start with Purdue. I right. mean, this is a program that, like I said, the embarrassment of losing as a number one seed. And then you talk about the last three years, losing to a 13 seed, a 15 seed, and then a 16 seed with some of the talent that they've had. When you talk about Ivy uh, that was a monster, Zach Edie, uh a lot of guys that they had. I think that was interesting. Um, Coach Kyle, I that was such a fun game, though. It but was. You're right. but it you're was. Right. I don't think he's. Sh- I don't think he should be gone. I just think Kentucky fans are getting impatient. But it's like, what do you do? He's bringing in the talent. He gets you to the tournament. I don't know what the next coach will be able to do that Calipari doesn't do. And I think he keeps getting the benefit of the doubt because he always has a great class coming in behind him. You're talking about DJ Wagner, number one player in the country, and that class that's coming in next season. So they're like, okay, well, we'll see what he can do. And. College basketball is has been changing so much, and we see these teams, like you said, when you get to the tournament you have the Princetons that are veteran-laced, it's, it's going to be hard to beat them with these one-and-dones that are so inexperienced, but it's like, what do you want? You want the talent, and you just have to live with the results. Yeah, you have
0: to. It kind of feels, just on the surface, I'm sure there are moments that you can have as outliers. It feels like the the tournament where narratives are becoming true, yeah. Purdue Never. Nobody ever trusts Purdue to go all the way I guess Fitty did But yeah. a lot of people Purdue, do not Arizona. trust Purdue Arizona, even Virginia Michigan State. Izzo is March. March is Izzo. I've always pushed back on that. But that narrative where Tom Izzo as a 7 seed is able to get past Marquette and they're able to go to the Sweet 16 where even if you go to the other side, look at Marquette. After the VCU run to the Final Four a decade ago, Shaka Smart is someone that gets bounced extremely early every single tournament. It feels like reputations are all coming home to roost in this NCAA tournament. We'll see if any of these programs are able to buck that trend as we go on. Speaking of reputations, Scott Fitterer is building a awesome one with the Panthers offseason, the way that they are building this right now. Everybody in love with what the Panthers are doing through free agency. Adam Thielen, now a member of the Carolina Panthers, will talk about what that means next on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 927, WFNZ. <laughs> Welcome back to Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate everyone contributing to the Garage Door Guru text line. The way you can do that is by texting 704-570-9610. I wanted to get to a few more about the tournament before we dive into some Panthers conversation. Tim hates tanking. He was talking about some of his favorite moments. He said watching the ACC prove the league stunk this year We We'll get to that in just a moment. He said the FAU player bricking the dunk at the end of the game against FDU. And he said his third favorite thing was the lower tiered leagues advancing while they can before Sankey takes away. I Honigid feel chipper. It's feisty for more P5 money. Now, speaking of that ACC thing, just real quickly, a meat rode in. He said, I know the ACC is down. But the media onslaught is not justified. They still got 20% of their teams in the Sweet 16. Only team that has gotten a team in the Sweet 16 for 43 consecutive years. And the longest streak by any conference by a whole 19 seasons. Meanwhile, the Big Ten, they received just 26 bids to the tournament over the last three years. Just four advanced to the Sweet 16. Is there any justification that we see after this weekend about the ACC being disrespected? Whether that was warranted? how we can apply that to the Big Ten, Pac-12, whatever you want to do. Like, did you think any of those narratives, as we say that word again, any of those things justified to you after the first weekend? I think a little of
1: it was warranted because I don't know when my mic cut on right there, but I think a little bit of it was warranted uh, when you talk about Clemson losing in the NIT the way that they did. Uh, Then you talk about Virginia losing in game number one. Uh, Virginia was co-champs. Uh, of the league and for them to lose in the first weekend that was uh, a little bit of an embarrassment. So I think I, I think Pitt came in though and, and showed up winning two games when you talk about the play in and then the game that they won and then you talk about uh Miami what they've done. So you know, I think it's a little bit warranted. I'm just glad that uh Miami was going to uh the team that advanced to sweet 16. And we got to show love too, man. We got to talk about on the the challenge, the bracket challenge. We got to update who's number one, really quick. Uh I don't know how to pronounce this guy's uh, name. <laughs> we got to show love. It's Darden Dar- it Fatu or something like that. I don't know what it is, but he's number one right now. But uh, I'm currently uh, tied for 18th or technically 19th if you want to count placeholders. So. Okay, so there
0: you go. You are tied. I don't where even are you know where you at. I'm I'm probably way down. My Dig bracket up. is not good. Now the thing what's weird about my bracket though I'm ninety third. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah I know I'm went down. I was like, ooh. Oh yeah. But the thing about my bracket is the fact that I had so many losses, but most of them I did not have going to the Elite Eight. So right now, Duke is my only team. I did have Duke in the final four. And Duke lost to Tennessee. But Everybody else had Arizona, Purdue, Marquette, so it really didn't hurt me all that bad. And the other teams that I had, I still have Houston, I have Alabama, Gonzaga is still moving on, so I'm okay. Yeah, as and far the, as
1: my Final Four goes. And the key is looking at your max points. As That's well, because I lost are two, pretty good. Yeah, my my uh, and that'll tell you that you have a great chance to come back at the end. Because mine right now, twelve ten. I lost two Final Four teams, Arizona and Duke, so uh, I'm still holding on to a thread. And then if Houston goes,
0: Mm -hmm. then there's you know I think cool. I have like 1500 max points still so that's, I'm, what, that's still what I'm saying, saying. you're 14, looking good down the, ro- down the road
1: I am I am
0: I just got to keep the champion alive alright so we can get back to some of the ACC conversation just how justified the committee was for allowing the amount of teams that they did we have to move on to the Carolina Panthers conversation because they were still busy over the weekend we did not know when they could get these deals done with Adam Thielen and DJ Chark they still have not gotten a deal done with DJ Chark yet but Scott Fitter is speaking to me media and he did answer questions saying that they are in talks still with him and his agent we know that jeremy fowler had a report on espn over the weekend saying carolina is still trying to sign both of those guys that was before they actually got the deal done with adam thielen and still dj chark looms possibly on the horizon adam thielen though he's a he's a member of the panthers so he is a wide receiver they signed to a three-year 25 million dollar deal You had the fun video he put out there on social media, his kids singing Sweet Caroline as soon as he got that deal done. That was kind of cool. What do you make, Wes, of Carolina getting Adam Thielen with him being a new wide receiver on board?
1: I think it was a nice get. This is a veteran guy that's going to help your young guys uh, for sure. I think that especially if you do draft a receiver or two. Uh, This is a great guy to learn from. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, and he did have 70 catches last year, so he's not done yet or washed, as the kids like to say. Um, Then you talk about he's got 534 career receptions, over 6,600 yards, 55 touchdowns. He hasn't had that 1,000-yard season since 2017, though, and he is about to turn uh, 33 before the start of the season, but this is a – Really good 50-50 ball guy. When you talk about some of the greater catches that we've seen in the last few years, he's got some of them. Like, he he can go get it, and he mm-hmm. can make the spectacular grab. Route runner uh, supreme, he is as well. And that, I think that bodes well. That was one of the things I talked about early on when we talked about the possibility of him coming here is him being such a great route runner that's going to help a young quarterback with his timing to know when I drop back, when I get to the bottom of this drop and let it go, he's going to be uh, where I need him to be. So I think that's the things that you get from Thielen. And I think this is a chance at redemption for him, even though he didn't, you know, he's playing beside a Justin Jefferson who gets as many targets as anybody you can think of. Now he's going to get the bulk of the targets you would presume unless something else happens. It's still rumors of, uh, Hopkins going around out there and things of that nature. But as it stands today, he's going to be the number one guy. I think if he stays healthy, I think, you know, whatever rookie quarterback you draft, whether Stroud, Bryce Young, I think they're going to come in and produce immediately. He could be looking at getting back into that thousand yard club and 80, 90 catches.
0: Yeah. He's going to be 33 years old. As soon as the season starts three year, 25 million. It's a pretty good contract given where Adam Thielen is at, his point, at this point in his career right now, but he's still a good player. You look at what he's done the last three years, over 700 yards in each of the last three seasons. He had mm-hmm. 925 in 2020. And so if you look at the amount of touchdowns, that's where he's really helped, even as he's gotten older in the league. 14 touchdowns in 2020, 10 in 2021, 6, that's the low bar that he just had last year. Now you're dealing with Kirk Cousins, who, as much as Kirk Cousins can be polarizing in how we evaluate him, a good enough quarterback for wide receivers to eat within that offense. Look at Justin Jefferson. Look at what Adam Thielen did. Not even just to mention the stats, by the way, Mm -hmm. everybody loves the type of guy that Adam Thielen is, including wide receiver three up there in Minnesota, KJ Osborne, who spoke about Adam Thielen on the Pat McAfee show and uh, how good of a teammate he is.
2: Adam Thielen has been uh, the best teammate I've I've ever had in in any sport ever since, you know, I strapped up my pads when I was seven years old from getting drafted and, you know, him calling to me and texting me, checking up on me. I've never seen Adam have a bad day, come into the facility every day with a smile on his face. Um, so I do understand that, you know, it's a business and, um, you know, we we talked, you know, right before he left, you know, so I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen, um, you know, and, and I do again, I do know it's a business. So obviously I hope uh, to God we can we can get him back in. Uh, but we'll let them, you know, the guys upstairs
0: figure that out. That was on March 8th, by the way. So it was a little while ago, of course, Adam Thielen not going to Minnesota. And now there is real potential that Thielen will be wide receiver one in the offense next mm-hmm. year. And Wes, I think you're right. I don't know of a scenario outside of a trade for D-Hop, Jerry Judy, whoever. I don't know outside of a trade who would surpass him. DJ Chark, who I really like as a weapon, not a number one wide receiver, but I would still like for him to be a weapon with this team. I still think you're putting Thielen out there as that number one guy. I would imagine he has more targets than does Chark Mm -hmm. or anybody else. If you draft someone at 39 years old, Excuse me, at the 39th overall selection. Don't draft a 40 year old player, okay, (laughs) Carolina. Just don't do it. But if you're the 39th overall selection, then I think that guy is still gonna be wide receiver three. Terrace Marshall, as much as I would not feel comfortable with him being the only guy, these wide receiver signings are necessary. Mm -hmm. But I've always liked them just as a project. Hopefully you can have some internal improvement here. I want one other one, Wes. I want Shark. I want him pretty badly. And I'd be cool drafting a wide receiver at 39. Even if you sign Chark, after signing Adam Thielen, I'm still very much looking at wide receivers. So Are you pretty much
1: out on LaVisca, Chenault, or Shasman?
0: I mean, I just think if we're talking about the top weapons, Ch- Chenault's interesting, but we know we know he's kind of the gadget guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a fun player. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to put him top three wide receiver on this team, mm-hmm. if you have Terrace, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark as just as far as the targets go.
2: Is, is, is Shotsman really going to make the roster this year? Like he felt, yeah. he felt like a Matt rule guy, right? Like he really underwhelmed when you hear what we were told in training camp and in the preseason, then we got to the regular season. And the best thing he did was, wasn't he the guy that that had the lateral and the fumble? in the in the one loss was was that was that shy smith
0: i don't remember about the lateral and the fumble i know oh. that it was it was not great for him i think he makes the team though i think he's talented enough to still be on the roster Maybe you draft teamers. a rookie
1: even after the rookie, I said, if you draft a rookie, he probably
0: won't be. So, if if we just are speaking under the notion that you sign Shark, so Thielen, Shark, Marshall, mm-hmm. Lavisca, Chanel, mm-hmm. and then a rookie, Josh Downs, and then thirty nine, I would like, it. I would really like it. I would yeah. like Josh Downs, and then Shy Smith. I guess it's it's possible the teams
1: carry six receivers.
0: Yeah, they do. Okay, they they'll, they'll do that. So he'll be he'll be on the outside. I'm not gonna be surprised, surprised, but I'd still think he makes it. But regardless. I'd feel okay about that. Wes, what say you, it it doesn't seem like you have a legitimate wide receiver one with all that group, but you have enough weapons. You have a great teammate at Adam Thielen, a smart guy that can help out a young QB, a veteran. Even if you don't have what you would call at this stage a legitimate wide receiver one, I think you would have good enough weapons to feel okay about the offense.
1: Um, I think, though, you know, you could get good value because you look at this deal. He's got, you know, he got $14 million guaranteed, an 8-3 sign and bonus. And I said, and I believe if, if he's able to stay healthy, which is always the caveat with any NFL player, you're going to get some games from Thielen every now and again where he's going to remind you of what he once was. Uh, he's going to flash back on you some games and have those 10-12 catch, 150, 160-yard game with a couple of touchdowns and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, as far as them getting a one, I think that's going to end up coming through the draft maybe next year. Right. Is where they may target that uh, position for that. But I think as far as you, you, know, you have right now, especially if you step out there with Chark and Thielen, Chark has got a little bit of speed, but you're talking about basically two fifty-fifty ball type of players. If you are going to get it down the field, unless you scheme them open, as you talked about with Lavisca Chanel, Terrence Marshall's another fifty-fifty ball guy. So really, uh, this this group needs that receiver that's going to take the top off of the defense. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, they may be able to find in the draft. Who knows? So, uh, but I think as far as that bona fide number one alpha as everybody likes to say right now i think that will come either free agency or the draft next season 100 i i think i think given what they've done i made it very known that
0: dj moore leaving this team in that trade had me worried i understood that you still had the draft i even understood that you still had free agency i don't want this to be the wide receiver group next year Without you really addressing wide receiver one, unless you get some massive improvement from a Terrace Marshall or we'll see what this 39th overall selection could be like. I understand those things are still at play here, but it's not like you have the best group of pass uh, uh, pass catchers out there Uh like it's good enough, though. I think when you have a strong offensive line, hopefully that is still the strength because offensive lines. It can be a little wonky as far as not losing someone, but also kind of slipping a little bit. Sometimes that can happen. I still have faith in this offensive line. You go out and get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Those are the two that we all predict will be that number one overall selection. The coaching staff, I feel good. I feel feel pretty damn good. I want Chark. If they lose out on him, I'm going to be disappointed. I would really like him to be a part of this offense. Because, Wes, you talk about the deep ball guys. Chark and Marshall, if you look at what their role was last year, those are guys that are streaming down the field. So, okay, both of them, you get big old chunk plays. Terrace Marshall was leading the league at one point after he came back. Chark did that as well after the injuries. Adam Thielen can be your possession guy. And the other key part about this, Wes, I think Miles Sanders is going to be resurrected in the passing game. I think that's going to happen. I just, with the way that Philadelphia ran their offense, with the way that they had Kenneth Gainwell, former wide receiver out of Memphis, mm-hmm. so you could bring him in the passing game. They like to rotate a lot of guys, and Miles just kind of slipped out of the aerial attack. I don't, I don't think Carolina really has a choice. I think they have to resurrect him in the passing game, and I think they will. So yeah, I feel, I feel good. I feel good about the weaponry. I, I really want Chark. I want them to get this thing done though, because I want to create the best environment possible for the number one overall.
1: What play? if you trade back into the first round? That would be interesting. It I mean,
0: I think I think I'd stay at thirty nine mm-hmm. because I I don't want to get rid of anything else. Given what you just gave up to move up to first overall, yeah. And I think thirty nine is still a pretty high pick to get a good wide no, receiver. And if you look at at that spot, like if you look at just who become the studs at wide receiver in the league, half of them are first rounders. They're they're pretty high draft picks. That so that's one where. I don't mind spending a first rounder on a wide receiver because a lot of times those turn out to be the studs 39 is close though. You know, you can still get some awesome players in that second round. The Ole Miss guys come to mind, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. So if you draft one there at 39, Josh Downs, a lot of people like him. If you follow the draft evaluators out there, it could be interesting. Did you had something on Josh Downs?
2: I was just going to say, Wes, if you're trading back up for one, who you, like, who, are, who are you identifying? Is it Downs? Is it our guy Zay Flowers? Is it Quentin Johnson maybe out of two
1: you? Yeah, I was thinking maybe, well, Quentin Johnson I think probably will be gone. I think Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigbo will probably be gone. <sighs> If Jordan Addison was that a sigh of oh yeah that would be awesome if he fell dude his route running is pristine yeah if 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 Jordan Addison somehow fell maybe I don't know that he'll fall but I was thinking more like you were just saying uh, Zay Flowers Josh Downs or maybe a Jalen Hyatt uh, type of guy sitting
0: there the the thing about Hyatt to me I wonder if you wanted to get more of a complete guy because if he's really small and known as a speedster and you have Chark. Who else can be that potential number one? I, I want to draft someone that can be more on the outside. I don't think Hyatt can do that,
1: and I guess Downs is not somebody as an X. But but if you go and if you go and grab one of those guys, that's kind of starting a uh, building blocks for the future because I think he will complement those guys well because he's the speed merchant, and then. Yeah, you might take a at this year, and then next year, yeah. get your guy.
0: Yeah, if that's the case, I'd be down with that as well. Like,
1: But you don't have a first-round pick either, so it'd have to be a second-round pick next year.
0: Well, And maybe that is the time you explore trading up in the first round to go get. Given what happens at the wide receiver position this season, maybe you would trade up. People are telling me in the text line, don't forget about Hayden Hurst. Yeah, Hurst, solid pickup. I, one person said maybe he competes with Adam Thielen for most amount of targets, I don't. I don't see that happening He'll be, with Hayden Hurst.
1: He could be close if he's if he's healthy. Because like Not for I said, most tight ends are always a quarterback's, a young guy's safety net. So I mean, he could be. He caught fifty two balls last
0: year. Yeah, I, I, I have Hurst with the third most targets on this roster. Especially if they bring in Shark. Mm. I would, especially with Marshall too. And I like Hayden Hurst. I'd,
1: I'd like him fine. It's a, I, it's I, a good. I could see a scenario where he's second most targeted.
0: What about enough to bet on it? Would, is there some kind of wager? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! Go ahead and put your,
2: put yourself out do, there, big guy. F- Finny,
0: do you want to get involved no, in a bet heck with no, us? I'm done. <laughs> Maybe we could do that. We can talk about it during the break sure. and think of something nasty for Finney to eat again. I want Finney to get involved, and then I want he was in pain. Are you okay? Because that scarred
1: you that milkshake did it on did, friday man you hear him talk about it he talks about it like it's the boogeyman
0: uh-huh.
2: it was dude i mean it was like i went through the old time olympics or whatever like that like i don't know how do i survived <laughs> all i know was that i was just glad that flounder was there to nurse me back to good health on friday night what are <laughs> <laughs> you okay well, just what does that even mean? He was just there to take care of me, you know? He all fed right. me. He made sure I was <laughs> hydrated.
0: That was a weird sentence. Let's go to the first fitty flash of the day. I had all sorts of things I was picturing, none of which were great.
2: I mean, I look, he was in the nurse suit. There was milk involved. Dude, what was is what the what fitty you- flash? I don't want anymore. Get let's that keep, out of my head. Let's keep it with the Panthers. Uh, okay. Whoa. Scott Fitterer <laughs> did say that they are... They're officially not interested in Lamar Jackson saying, quote, he's a really expensive option. Wes, this is a guy, and even y'all said y'all wanted them to explore maybe trading for Lamar. Yeah. The GM of the Panthers said, no, what do you make of it?
1: Well, I mean, they traded up for the number one pick, so that pretty much tells you that they're out on Lamar Jackson. Uh, I do think it's a little bit of collusion going on as far as why he hasn't been engaged yet, uh, at least, or have something on the table, some offers going down. So, uh, they, you know, it's something fishy in the water with Lamar, but I think that situation, I think this week we probably will get some more clarity on what's going to happen with LJ8. I'm
0: not surprised either with the Panthers just trying to do everything they can to save money so they can go fill some of the other other non-expensive options like bringing in adam thielen possibly dj chark they restructured every single contract on the roster it felt like so they could go fill some of those holes as well as have to sign all of these draft picks and so we'll see exactly how much money they'll have afterwards they don't have a ton um dj chark i think that's the one we're all kind of watching as the last possible free agent signing before you start to sign those draft picks campus corner coming up next Wesson walker sports radio 92 7 wfnz Ba-da-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: If Duke can get by oral Bob tonight, then
0: I think that the second round, I'm more worried about this one than I would be. For, I have no fear of Tennessee or Louisiana. <laughs> I Mac have Duke also going to the final. How about that, baby? And then I had them advancing past the final.
2: Whoa, bone man! then then I had them advancing past that, and then I had them playing in the NBA playoffs. (laughs)
0: Tennessee in the second half has made 50% of their shots. Oh! I have so, Duke winning the national championship. The Tennessee volunteers are going to the Sweet 16. <laughs> oh, Vinny's intro, man. I mean, not right. surprised at all.
1: That was special. That was special. Welcome back.
0: <laughs> <We're done. laughs>
2: That's all I get. Wes is, just what? a monotone. No, that, that was special. special. Well, Wes no, was I, doing this weird I little... I felt like, like
1: you could feel... Yeah, I I, I thought you B-Bom could feel dance. it. I was trying to make it a little epic, man. No, that was great, and it was pretty funny, because well, I T-Bone. did not know that T-Bone was that uh, bullish on the Blue Devil. He was. Well, And plus, I
0: didn't know that he was going to be catching some strays today. Fitty just texted us, and he said... I made a new intro for the campus corner today. Walker. And he was excited.
2: What? You shouldn't look, man. You remember in baseball season, I came back and clapped back at Braves fans.
0: The thing, Oh, was, but I still know, didn't know you were going to do this with T-Bone. Yeah, like, it's well, not a thing we talked about.
2: You know, I, I used Bone because I know I know Wes had them in the final four. I did, too. And so did Joe. But you weren't like, yeah, they're going to win the national championship. And then yeah,
1: I had them losing to Houston. Oh, you did have him in the championship then. I had him in championship game, yes.
0: Okay. Well, I did not have him advancing to the NBA playoffs like Ball
1: did. <laughs> yeah. Could they beat the Hornets though in a seven game series?
0: Um now maybe maybe if there are more injuries that take place right. then I would consider it, but still not quite yet.
1: Yeah, man. So uh listen, that was crazy, man. I, I like it though, Fitty. Kudos. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Kudos. West you know what I'm saying? Let's hear though, before we get cracking on this one, uh, in the campus Kona Let's hear what John Shire had to say post-loss uh, about this squad. I don't know if it amazes
0: me, but I'm I'm proud, you know, to, to accomplish what we have. And these guys are champions next to me. They're ACC champions. They've, you know, they have 27 wins. They've had a really good year. And I think I speak for all these guys. They can tell you if they feel differently. But we expected to be in this position. That's what we wanted, and that's why these guys chose to come here. And um, you know, you want to be in a position where you have a chance. We're playing to go, to go to a Sweet 16 against a great team. And um, so it's hard to reflect fully right now, but I do know I'm proud. I'm grateful for these guys that they've stuck with it and just they made the decision to come here and come back and all that. Uh, but it, it hurts in the moment right now.
1: Well, the Duke Blue Devils are now 6 and 8 in the NCAA tournament versus teams from the SEC, and they are 8 and 8 in games with players out or not finishing due to injury. Mark Mitchell was uh, out of this ball game. They are 19 and 1 with a completely healthy roster. And we talked about some of the hallmarks of Duke basketball, but they got out-rebounded 35 to 30 first time in 11 consecutive games that they got out-rebounded. Tennessee was just playing the defense. They were the more physical team. And then the fear, if you're a Duke fan, came back uh, in this game. This was not a great three-point shooting team at all this season. Uh, They had their times, but they just couldn't hit big three-point shots down the stretch uh, when they needed to. So uh, with the Duke Blue Devils, what do you feel like is next for this team, and should they be – uh, you know, was this a letdown them losing to Tennessee? Yeah,
0: it was a letdown I don't think that this is any indictment on John Shire's first year though because when we talked about what kind of grade you would give him in his first season we all pretty much had an A if you advanced to the Sweet 16, and so I'm not going to dock him too many points when you are going up against maybe the best defensive team in the land with Tennessee especially with Clark mm-hmm. missing this time with UCLA, I think it was those two programs that were at the top defensively, but but now with Tennessee up here, and I know they're even missing one of their guys, mm-hmm. even still fantastic defense from Tennessee, and they just hit really tough shots. I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name, but I'm going to say it's Nakamoa. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm going to try to just put it out there, but he was awesome in this one, 10 of 13 from the field, and those were tough shots by him just hitting jump shots. When Tyrese Proctor went cold at the very, very end, I mean, I think he absolutely shot up draft boards with the way that he kept them in it, but then he missed a couple of other iso plays, and then once he wasn't hitting, that did the Blue Devils in. I think that Duke is still in a very nice place going forward, Mm -hmm. and John Shire, overall, probably a B, maybe even B-plus for the way that they were able to get better at the end of the regular season.
2: Did you have a problem, though, with Proctor running the show? Like, Jeremy Roach came back for this Two of 11 in the final four last year against Carolina. He said he came back to right the wrongs. And in the biggest game of the year, you're deferring to a freshman who I'm with you, Walker. I thought they were going to win at one point because he was making, like, Tyus Jones-level plays out there. Yeah, he was awesome in this game. So, like, that's my thing where if I'm a Duke fan, like, you're the veteran. You came back to to take your team back to the Final Four.
0: Where were you? Well, I mean, the problem is if he takes over while Proctor is the hot hand, then we're all chastising them on Monday saying, why did they not ride the hot hand in Tyrese Proctor? They did. He eventually went cold, and they just couldn't hit shots elsewhere. You mentioned Filipowski, Wes. Mm-hmm struggled 0 of 5 from 3 point range and 6 of 16 from the field so yeah nobody else was really able to pick up the slack and so Duke gets sent home
1: not to mention he was you know, really coming to into his own as far as running the team. In the five postseason games, Proctor had 27 assists against five turnovers. That's a 5.4 to one assist turnover ratio. So he was really starting to uh, handle his business at that point guard position. Now, turning the page really quick, NC State shoots 37% for the game, 21% from three against Creighton. They got put on lockdown, even though they fought and fought to the end. Jahkil Joiner to Quavion Smith, a little bit of infighting on the sideline. What direction is the Wolfpack headed in your direction? Well,
0: I mean, Wolfpack losing terquavion smith to the nba draft jarkel joiner now at the very end too that is the backcourt that you relied on especially with dj burns coming in as a transfer as well and that was your big three now how do you replace that kind of production given their expected leaves right like that's what's going to be really tough with kevin keats and so i i think overall i don't know how much of a success i would call it because if you don't make the tournament or if you have a worse year a couple of other losses they they you know you have that loss in the ACC tournament and then you don't get in the big dance, then maybe that would be enough for Kevin Keats to be fired. He finishes right on the line of what you'd want, right? They battled against a Creighton team. That is very good. That was battle-tested all year. They came up short, but it was still a really good game. I think Keats is going to get another season, but this, this recruiting offseason for him is going to be monstrous to try to just even stay base level of what you accomplished the year prior because if they miss it again, then the pressure mounts up even more on Kevin Key.
1: Uh, I agree with you 100%. Priority number one needs for them to get D J Burns back on campus. That's what they need to do first and foremost, and then they are going to have to find some guards to replace a, a Jarkel Joyner. We'll see if Taquavion Smith, you would think, He he may be leaning towards draft, but to be frank, I think he needs to come back to school, Um, especially the way that he ended the season. I just don't know that he's ready for the NBA just yet. But uh, really, before we get out of here on break, we have to talk about the fact that DJ Burns dropped a rap single called Beast Boy (laughs) uh, that was available on all streaming platforms before their NCAA uh, tournament game. Does that point to maybe them not being focused? Like, what do, you, what do you make of that? And did you hear the track? And what did you think um, of said track?
0: No, I'm not going to try to make this more than what it was, saying okay. that they were not more focused, and that's why that they lost this game. I, I am not one to try to extrapolate something from the rap song. Okay. The rap song itself... It's funny because Burns, I feel, I don't know what to make of his voice on this thing. Yeah, I mean, but his, his flow like, was
1: not impressive. The beat was kind of dope, but the flow was not impressive. Well, I Burn! The hook, the hook is hilarious, though. Like, yeah. the, the hook to me, he's talking about eating
0: and being a beast. It's very DJ Burns-esque. Why are you mad at me, fitting?
2: Oh, I, I just feel like if this would have been Duke or Carolina, and this would have happened, and they would have put out a rap song, and they got bounced,
1: we'd rip them. But because it's oh, NC State.
0: Me. I would not rip anybody for
1: putting out a rap See, song. I, I can I, tell you right now, I would not do that. I, I do kind of think, though, I am of the thinking that. Before the tournament, I think you can save some of that type of stuff, especially if you come out and have a two-point effort, and especially the way that he had been playing. I just illustrated that earlier, uh, the way his last four to five games have been going for him. I think you're making rap songs and putting stuff out, and you're not balling straight, balling word to Tupac. Uh, Then you got some focus issues going on. Your priorities aren't in the right place. You dropping 20 and 10. Do what you want to do. But you coming out here and, and giving me single-digit performances uh, in multiple games, your mind does not need to be on dropping track.
0: Somebody on the text line said, Is that rap song better than Greg Olson's rap song out of <laughs> I'm going to say big-time no. That one's always going to be a legendary rap.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. So when we return on the Western Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7, we're going to talk about which free agent that mm-hmm. the Panthers have signed will have the biggest impact when we return.